Today is like a bonus episode of the Weekly Walk podcast because you're not going to get just one Eric scale. You're going to get two. From Maserati to Mother Teresa, from breathing to bubble baths, we are going to talk all things self-care. So if you're on a mission, as I am, to take better care of yourself, to understand what that means and how to do it, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. Why does the phrase self-care bug me so much? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because it's, it's sort of cliche and overused and, yeah, cliche and overused. It's so overused. So, you know, some Google Trend research shows that between 2018 and now, the uh, like number of searches for the phrase self-care has quadrupled. Yeah, so that's why you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, it just gets me thinking, like, people need to Google how to take care of themselves, and, like, they search the self search self-care and then like people tell you to take bubble baths like I don't understand the whole thing <laughs> yeah I can see why that would be sort of annoying like light candles take poor bubble bath and soak for an hour in a nice luxurious hot bath I mean okay let me give you all the things that are wrong with that okay okay first of all we have one bathtub in our house and you can't take a bath in it because the drain doesn't, you can't actually <laughs> fill it up. Like the drain thing doesn't work. That's first. Second is who has an hour to soak in a tub? I mean, I guess some people do. The same and, people who eat yogurt with tiny spoons. Do you remember that commercial? Nobody's going to know what I'm talking gonna about. Nobody's going to know what you're talking but about. But there, there was a commercial from years ago that was just satirical about people who eat yogurt with tiny spoons. Anyway, those are the same people that can soak in a bath for an hour. I mean, I don't have an hour. Do I? You don't need an hour. That's... What do you mean? <laughs> Taking care of ourselves is always important, but it's super important with the added stress of the holiday season that is now upon us. So there's a lot of little things. You don't, you don't, that's the point. And that's probably why it annoys you is you don't need an hour, you don't need candles, and you don't need bubble bath for self-care. Self I like candles. I like candles too. I even like bubble baths. You like bubble baths? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Mr. Bubble? <laughs> I think that was about the last time I took a bubble bath. Oh my God, but that's so cute. Now I'm picturing you in like a big bubble bath I with love, giant Mr. Bubbles. I, I loved Mr. Bubble. Do you remember the foamy soap? Did you ever get the foamy soap when you were a kid? Yes. Oh, I loved the foamy soap. See, so these are things that bring us back. So if you could get some foamy soap or something else that even just sort of brings you to a calmer, simpler time, you're doing self-care. Can I read you what Wikipedia has as the definition of self-care? Oh, I can't wait. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. According to Wikipedia, self-care has been defined as the process of establishing behaviors to ensure holistic well-being of oneself, to promote health, 
and actively manage illness when it occurs. Individuals engage in some form of self-care daily with food choices, exercise, sleep, reading, and dental care. <laughs> so where was the bubble bath? I think that should be in the definition of self-care. See bubble bath. <laughs> so they put dental care in self-care, and that's what really got me thinking about this. So self-care is like literally everything we do to take care of ourselves, starting, I suppose, with getting up in the morning and brushing our teeth. I think it starts with eating. Because <laughs> well, if we don't care for ourselves through eating, we starve and die. Uh, drinking water. I mean, the, like the list of all of the things that we actually need to do, forget the things that like we want to do, just the requirements needed to keep this physical body alive and our minds work. It's completely overwhelming if you stop and think about if self-care includes dental care and brushing your teeth, like it's everything. Well, do you know what it's time for? What? It's time for the Eric scale. <laughs> <laughs> There's the Eric scale of self-care. Okay, I'm okay. listening. Okay, so at one end of the scale are things that you have to do to survive. At the other end of the scale... Are bubble baths. Are bubble baths. <laughs> so I think the self-care scale goes from drinking water, actually from breathing, to bubble baths. <laughs> <laughs> and that has an alliteration. I know you love alliteration. I do. Breathing to bubble baths. That's the self-care scale. So all of the things that we do to care for ourselves, this is, okay, this is really interesting, right? So if you picture self-care on this Eric scale, breathing to bubble baths, pretty much everything we are doing for ourselves, some of which are just mandatory, like breathing and drinking water and eating some food, uh, is sort of on the low end of self-care. And then like the super indulgent, non-requirements that we do because they make us feel good physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, are on the far end, on the bubble bath side, and everything in between. Correct. So we're going from breathing, we'll call that like a zero, to a bubble bath, which is a 10. Though maybe we should turn that the other way around because breathing is a 10. It's super essential. <laughs> The bubble bath is zero because you can have a perfectly wonderful life without ever having a bubble bath, but you cannot have any kind of life without breathing. No, I think you're, I, I, in my mind, I think the scale goes the other way, the way okay. you originally had it, because the goal is, I think, to take stock of kind of where you are on the scale at any given moment. So if you're just breathing and eating candy bars to stay afloat and sleeping a couple hours a night, then your self-care scale or where you are in the self-care self scale is kind of down around one. If you're bubble bathing, then you're at like 10. Got it. So how about if we, and we, if we make five, sort of anything below a five is kind of essential almost we'll call it or necessary and not particularly indulgent 
well, and anything I... above a five can be put in even in the slightest indulgent category. I'm not well. How would you? I have just so many questions. So first question on that version of the scale: Where goes the mammogram? <laughs> uh, I would say that mammogram goes. It's not indulgent, but it's important. But it is something that takes up time. I would put it at a six point five. No, so it's not. So you said anything over a five is indulgent and like well, feels good. I, no, I, maybe see, indulgent's not the not the right word. Uh, well, that was going to be my next question: is what do you mean by indulgent? I definitely do not put a mammogram. I th I think you're right. Anything under a five is like basic required self care. So I actually put a mammogram at like a four point five. Though some people think we're getting too many mammograms, but assuming that it's when you need to get a mammogram. Okay. I put it at a 4.5. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yep. Um, where do you put a walk in nature on the Eric scale of self-care? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd put it at like, yeah, okay, so this scale might be falling apart. <laughs> Well, I guess I would put it, I guess I'd put it at same thing, like a six, because we do have to take time away from our responsibilities. It might be a little, it might be a little on the indulgent might not be the right word, but something that could be perceived by yourself or by others as a little selfish okay so you know and let me finish all the right i would say that by the unenlightened it could be perceived that way because we know that taking a walk in nature is essential for our overall well-being mind mood and body but i think maybe traditionally maybe someone from the 1950s would see that as silly or indulgent, but with all we've learned and involved, we now know that that is important. And why in the world you chose the 1950s as the time to indict people for being ignorant about the powers of movement? Because uh, I watched that show Mad Men and they <laughs> all seem just really stuffy and like they look like if you said you were going for a walk in nature, like they would think you were a freak. Totally right. Yeah. Totally agree. So I actually think this this scale does kind of work. And I'm so, with so, you. So where is a walk in nature? I'm with you. I put it at like a six because it's not like breathing, eating, or uh, getting your teeth looked at from time to time. But it's not something that is, I don't know. Frivolous? No, because that's the whole point. Self-care is not frivolous. Is a bubble bath frivolous? No. If you can do it, if you have the time and you have the and you bandwidth like and you like it. Oh, okay, so here's another big issue I have with self-care. I guess what bugs me about it a little bit is I feel like it's similar to my indictment of the fitness industrial complex because media and social media and other people have sort of co-opted this phrase of self-care and said and kind of shown us and told us that it looks a certain way. 
like self-care, I keep coming back to the bubble bath, right? But it is, the, <laughs> I, when you say it, like you just picture the candle lit bubble bath, right? And her hair is up in a messy bun and her eyes are closed and her arms are on the side of the bathtub and seriously. So I feel like we've co-opted that phrase and said, this is what self-care looks like, do this. So that's problem number one. Is there problem number two? Totally. Okay. Problem number two is actually something you alluded to earlier, which is this totally mistaken perception that self-care is somehow indulgent, frivolous, or selfish, when nothing could be further from the truth. I'm I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. What? Um, what? <laughs> what? Put your oxygen mask no, on first. No, go. God, don't say it. Yep. I mean, we do have to take care of ourselves. So we have the capacity and capability to take care of others. Okay, I've got two thoughts on that as well. Shoot. Uh, and we've, we've sort of alluded to this in different contexts in the past, but okay, heavy sigh. Number one, you're totally right. Self-care does enable us to take better care of others. So then by definition, it's not selfish, I suppose. But shouldn't we be entitled to do stuff that we like to do and that makes us feel good just because, like, shouldn't we be entitled to be selfish? Don't I deserve a bubble bath? Not because it's going to make me a better partner or a better mom or a better leader. Can't I just take the damn bubble bath because bubble baths feel good to other people? I don't really like bubble baths, but... I don't really understand why people like bubble baths necessarily. Like you just sit there in dirty water uh. as it gets cooler and cooler and cooler. <laughs> and then, and then at some point, you have to get out. Of the bubble bath and it's cold. But then you get to wrap yourself up in a nice cozy towel and bathrobe. But we digress. Uh, yes, that should be enough. Self-care should be enough. Because we deserve it. Right. We are worthy. We deserve it. You know, now I feel like I'm talking like a, um, you know, life coach <laughs> or shrink for that matter. You are you are worthy. You deserve it. And it's true. I, we do. We get one go at this. And Maybe not. <laughs> I, I mean, I suppose we have to work on that assumption, but I'm hoping that that's not actually true. I actually l was listening to a podcast. I only got halfway through it uh, about reincarnation. It was a little, little freaky. I used to read books on it and stuff when I was a kid. I used to be fascinated by stuff like that. Anyway, I digress, but what else is new? So that's the point is we deserve to have the best life and experience that we possibly can. So yes, we have obligations. Yes, we can't be selfish all the time, blah, 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 blah. But we deserve a lot of these elements of self-care. We deserve to be good to ourselves. Thank you. Okay. Can we just rephrase this, this whole, like, I don't know, marketing thing around self-care to the simple message that we deserve to be good to ourselves. So Seriously. I'm, I'm thinking of our buddy Ted, who... Wait, I, you, you just, I just agreed with you. 
I you're know. supposed to be like, yes, we yes. should. Yes. And I'm I'm going, I'm running with that. So our buddy Ted wears these shirts and stickers, and I don't know if it's a brand or whatever, but it's it's, it's a brand. It's be good to people. And I think that's great. I think we should be good to people, but I think it's equally important that we be good to ourselves. I'm going to make a sticker, be good to yourself and create a brand. Be good to yourself? Yeah. I don't think it has quite the same ring, but I think it's equally important. And why? Like, why do we need to be told that message? I mean, I have an answer, or at least I have my answer, but... Uh, go go right ahead. <laughs> because culture has taught us that being good to ourselves is selfish. And I do think that those are two different things. You can be selfish. There are selfish people out there. There are narcissistic people out there. There are mean people out there. But there is a scale. <laughs> you can make a whole new Eric scale between total self-sacrifice because you believe that that's what it takes to be a good person on one end and on the other end of the scale is complete selfish narcissism and somewhere in between is the sweet spot of being your best self knowing that you're worthy deserving of love and happiness and good things and a walk in nature and a bubble bath if you so desire a bubble bath and let me just point out you said there is a sweet spot and there is one sweet spot for each individual person everybody has their own sweet spot some people get great warmth and comfort from nurturing some some of us are uber nurturers and their sweet spot is going to have more of that. They're almost going to consider taking care of others sort of a form of self-care. They're going to get so much satisfaction from that that it falls into that self-care spectrum. And, and, I, and others, not so much. <laughs> and I'll add to that, actually, which is the, the new self-care scale uh, or selfishness scale. Self-care scale, breathing to bubble bath. <laughs> no, th no. That so the self-care scale is breathing to bubble bath, but right. we're talking about the selfish scale. Selfish scale. Uh, that is totally variable. <laughs> what? That's totally. Well, let me finish the thought, and then you can tell me what made you laugh. That's totally variable. In that there are some another cliche, but some seasons in our life where you swing really far on one side or the other. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking we just got back from spending a few days with my mom. In the last several years, she has been very, very far on the caretaking side of that scale because she's been caring for my dad. She was caring for my dad for the last several years. And now her scale can and should have a new set point. Absolutely. So the where you are on the selfishness, what's the other side of that scale? Well, I was, narcissist to. Uh, well, what I was going to say, and this <laughs> is what made me chuckle, is that scale could be sort of 
range from Mother Teresa to Maserati. <laughs> Fair. So on one end is Mother Teresa completely selfless selfless and and giving and caring uh, to you know as as far as extreme and then the other one is yeah i went out and bought myself a maserati <laughs> <laughs> so where are you on the mother teresa to maserati scale we got two scales in one podcast today this is a bonus edition <laughs> two eric scales one podcast <laughs> so i'm curious about so many things you ready yes where do you fall at this stage in your life? Because I do think it's super variable. So where are you falling these days on the Mother Teresa to Maserati scale? Oh, I'm 100% Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to laugh that hard. <laughs> no, I would say that with both kids uh, off on their own and you know being empty nesters and the the maserati side is not necessarily exclusively financial i think you could also put some time into it but i would i would say since the kids are gone i'm definitely skewing more maserati than mother teresa probably somewhat no i don't think so well, I don't think so, because you're doing a, a fair bit of attending to your mom. Oh, that, that is true. Uh, you are doing a fair bit of caretaking of me and our, of Moose and of our home and our lives. Like, you are very much, uh, in certain respects, very much caregiving. And in other respects, you're... Maserati. You're, in other respects, you're Maserati. But I think about... You, the way you prioritized your CrossFit journey, even when the kids were young, like your version of a Maserati is CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's sort of one of those things, and maybe this is just the situation I'm in, that as one thing sort of phases out, another thing phases in i saw somewhere that like the average person or whatever typical person has 30 problems <laughs> and if you finally fix one or get rid of one or whatever another one's going to jump in and take its place have you ever made a list of your current problems um i got 99 <laughs> um no i've i have not made a list of my problems but that would be such an interesting exercise to do and see if it really does come up at about 30 or see if you can come up with 30 problems. Yes. So, but we digress. But my, my sort of point is maybe you're right. Maybe like I, maybe you have sort of a tendency towards a set point. That's exactly what I was Mother just thinking. Mother Teresa de Maserati. That's and, exactly what I was thinking. And if something that you've had to be more Mother Teresa about resolves itself in whatever regard something else is going to come in to fill that gap and keep you from buying that maserati of your dreams oh wait sorry <laughs> you don't really want a maserati i do not want a maserati there are a lot of things you want but a maserati ain't one definitely well, not okay so that brings me to a conversation we had with my mom this weekend which was that we had several with her we had many this was the one about 
her desire, which she's not going to act on, but her desire to get a dog. <laughs> that goes exactly to what you're saying, which is that we have a tendency towards a set point in on that scale. And if there's not enough to take care of, I was talking to another friend of mine who lost her dad and he had had a stroke many years ago. Her mom was doing all the caretaking for many years. Uh, and her mom just got a dog. And what this friend of mine said to me is that her mother is so much happier because she's now back doing that kind of caretaking that feeds her soul. So taking care of other people is not necessarily not, air quotes, self-care. Because if it feeds your soul, then it is. Exactly. And I suppose that's a big part of my issue with self-care as a bubble bath. Correct. Self-care. Self-care can be a huge number of things, which we haven't even really talked about what it can be and what it could be over the holidays and maybe things that we should do. Should we get a little practical in this podcast or should we keep I don't going know. down this road of, I, of theoretical. theoretical and deep thought? I don't know, because to talk about how to practice self-care, first of all, there are about a gazillion blog posts out there. So if you want to go look at all these suggestions for self-care, bubble baths and pedicures and massages and a cup of hot tea on your front porch. So what, Hear what the a, sarcasm dripping from my voice? Yes. What about this as sort of a, a thought for everybody out there and how individual this is, is self-care can be described as something that fills your cup rather than something that empties your cup. Literally, you took the words right out of my mouth. As we're drinking coffee. <laughs> uh, truly, because that that's exactly it. So I think your individual self-care starts with having some individual clarity around what fills your cup and what depletes your cup. And I think Many people, myself included, are running around just running from one thing to the next, not actually pausing to think, this fills my cup, this empties my cup. Yep. And I'm thinking, this is a family episode, I'm thinking about our son, who's very gregarious, very personable, very outgoing. But all that output actually empties his cup a little bit. Well, that's the classic introvert versus extrovert. Right. But it, again, it's if he's just go, go, go all the time, he's not going to fill his cup. He's just going to empty his cup. And he knows that his self-care is locking himself in his room and either reading, reading a book, reading, even playing video games or whatever. And that fills his cup. So whatever that may be. But I, I do think that's it's a much better def definition than the Wikipedia thing. Yeah. Self-care is anything that fills your and even fills your cup is another I feel like we're just loaded with cliches today cliches and scales and stuff. scales are awesome because those are <laughs> unique and all uh often brilliant I love the Eric scales but sometimes cliches are Useful. apt or appropriate yeah. yeah so if we're going to talk about 
self-care during a busy season. Um, we are recording this during the heart of the holiday season, but I think this is an evergreen conversation that's relevant all the time. I think it starts with taking a couple of minutes and thinking about, and I would do this with a pen and a piece of paper because, or I would do this on a walk when my brain is working at its best, but really trying to articulate for yourself what things fill your cup. Can you give me an expression other than fill your cup? I'll have to think about it. Recharge your batteries? <laughs> <laughs> no, not better? Oh, not much better. Uh, but honestly, the uh, sort of the visual of filling your tank, charging your batteries, it does sort of feel like there's this life force in me. I'm just talking about myself. That sometimes I, I can feel it going down it really does feel like my battery is is wearing down yeah so it's a pretty good idea or a pretty good I don't know, visual so so what what fills your cup oh that's that's fairly easy actually at least some of the things are fairly easy uh, walking even though i often don't feel like it walking especially in nature um, spending time, unstructured, uncomplicated time with people I love, fills my cup. Writing, when I'm kind of in the zone, fills my cup. Um, Zoom calls <laughs> do not fill my cup. Zoom business calls deplete your cup, Zoom empty your cup. business, I mean, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the life force being sucked out of me. Which... I remember when we were looking for our house that we live in now, the realtor showed us one house. And I remember walking in that house and just, it was like there was a force sucking life. Like if I was in a video game, it would, I could have just seen my life meter just dropping by the energy of this house. Which was, house? I don't remember this. Um, right around the corner from us off Brick Hill, right around the corner. Um, back at that little, there's a little cul-de-sac back there. And it was, it was horrible. I couldn't wait to get out of that house as quickly as possible. But so, you don't believe in houses being haunted, do you? I don't even think it was haunted. Maybe it was, it was like the feng shui, <laughs> just the energy. of. The, I do believe in the universe and energy and things. And yeah, that house had negative energy for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're almost out of time, believe it or not, but hit me with a few things that fill your cup or deplete your cup. What does your self-care look like? Well, walking with you, our evening after dinner walks in particular, uh, working out, of course. Uh, pickleball! Pickleball, our, our new hobby. Um, and reading the morning paper on the weekends, just having that feeling of no pressure of time affluence of like the ability to do whatever i choose in this moment and that sort of reading the paper i feel like is just uh, indulgent for me and and does just give me that sort of you know ability to breathe and recharge so i think that we share that a little bit that feeling of no time pressure and uh, empty space, I think we can work a little bit harder to build a little bit more of that into our lives over this holiday season and even beyond. 
I used to think that when I went out into nature, I left my phone and earbuds behind and walked in silence, letting my mind go wherever it wanted, that I was doing a walking meditation. And then I met Yael Shai, and she taught me that there's so much more to a walking meditation. It was so incredible and insightful and expanded my world in such a way that I went to Yael and I said, will you work with us to create a program, 30 days, 30 walks, that could help introduce other people to the power of a walking meditation. Can we dismantle the idea that in order to meditate, you have to sit in a dimly lit room on a cushion? Can we create a meditation program for people who love to move? And so we did. Meet the Joyful Wanderer 30-Day Walking Meditation app, which is available in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store right now.